to it. And fin I'm going to finish this up tonight because next week is, uh, is next week when? Oh, next week's the dinner. Next Wednesday night's our dinner. So be sure and shine, shine up for that. Be sure and... <laughs> Be sure and sign up for the dinner. Tell and be sure to sign up to bring something, and because uh, we won't have anything but uh, meat if you don't sign up to bring a vegetable, a casserole, a veg, a salad, or a dessert. And so y'all, y'all can make that balance out on there, and uh, and then tell us how many in your family is going to be attending. And that'll be a blessed time. And we are going to take up an offering, so don't leave your purse at home because, hallelujah, praise God, I'll be glad when River Church gets to the place where we can say, you've brought enough, now stop now. But right now, we're going to have to press on through till we get to that place. So we're going to be taking our regular tithes and offerings, and we also will be uh, uh, having a, I don't know if it'll be a devotional or a prayer time. We're going to be doing something towards the Word, but we're going to eat first. Hallelujah. And so go straight into the hospitality room next Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. And then uh, then the next Monday after that Wednesday, the Monday after that, Brother Wynn will be here on Monday and Tuesday night. And we will not be having a Wednesday night service. We'll have our church Monday night and Tuesday night with Brother Wynn. Hallelujah. I, I read on uh, the Internet today that he was in Mark Cherona's church last night. And uh, I didn't know that. Hallelujah. So that was interesting. And said he had a big time. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So we've been talking about judgment. And so let's just review a minute. Uh, the first, uh, we talked about that one of the first types of judgment is the curse that's already in the earth that started in Genesis when Adam fell. And we read that, so we're not going to read it again. And then we talked about that there's three ways to escape that curse, at least three ways maybe, uh, to, that we do not have to live under that curse because we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are uh, born again. We're new creations in Christ. And uh, we've been bought with a price. We've been pulled out. The Bible says, We've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son. But, you know, you, we also do have to enforce that covenant we have or the devil will try to steal, kill, and destroy from us anyway. And uh, also, so we, that we, uh, we escape and then that way. And the other way we escape is by Second uh, Peter 1, 4, where it says that you've been given these exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. And so by speaking and standing on the promises of God, hallelujah, it's, it's very powerful. Hallelujah. Not by begging God to save us. A lot of Christians make that mistake in the storm. And Jesus, remember when the, he was in the bottom of the boat and the disciples, uh, uh, the big storm arose, it said. Then he, and, and they came and they prayed like most Christians, Jesus, help us, save us, you know. And he got on to them. About He rebuked them. Why? Because they should have spoke to the storm. They should have used their faith, their Bible authority. And so a lot of Christians still pray, God help us, oh God save us. And then they wonder why they don't see what they, they want to see. But it's because God's put the authority in the earth to you. He gave you the authority. And He said, take my word, use my word. And, and stop the devil with by using my word. And then uh, we also know that in Psalm 91, among other places, he talks, it talks about that he delivers though those that know his name. And that doesn't just mean that you know the name of Jesus, but that you know enough to you know enough to know the name has authority. You have to use the authority of the name, not just, well, you know, we sing a song. I love this song. I sing it when I worship a lot of times. Uh, Jesus is the sweetest name I know, but you've got to know more than that. Uh, we sing that other song, uh, His Name is Wonderful. But you've got to know more than that if you're going to escape the corruption in the world and these, these, these demonic things that try to come upon the earth. You've got to know the authority of the name and how to speak the name. So that's how we escape. That's some of the ways we escape. That'll, that'll get you all a long way right there. We talked about when you can't say, I like the song, that one that uh, Marla sang about say the name. Say the name. When you can't, when, when, when nothing else will come out, say the name. <laughs> Hallelujah. And sometimes things happen fast, and that's all we can get out is the name. 
Hallelujah. But praise God, we ought to know Scripture too. We ought to have Scripture that if you... And I read this this morning and I thought, I enjoyed that. It blessed me so much. I was reading a devotional or something and it talked about how that even when we read the Word and we don't understand it, that even though our head's not maybe understanding, it's still feeding our spirit. And I said, that is so true, Lord. And someday, you know, eventually it all comes together and we begin to have more and more light in the Word. But there are scriptures that I've been reading since 1980. That's when I started reading the Bible. I didn't read the Bible when I was Baptist. I didn't. I mean, I know we were supposed to have a little check mark on our envelope that said daily Bible reading. But I didn't do it. Because, you know, but when I got filled with Spirit, boy, I just had a voracious appetite for the Word. And I went after it. And there's, there are scriptures now that I'm just now understanding. And there's still more to come. And now I see things even and I'm like, oh, well, that could mean this other way too. You know, because a lot of things have double meanings. And I'm sure it goes even deeper than we can even imagine. Hallelujah. You'll never catch up. On your Bible study. Hallelujah. You know, there will always be something there to intrigue you and feed you and get you excited. Build your faith. Amen. Hallelujah. And so then another kind of judgment we talked about uh, was that there's going to be a reward judgment. We call it sometimes the conveyor belt judgment. In other words, your works are going to go through a conveyor belt. Not, maybe not literally a conveyor belt, but they're going to travel through fire. We know that. And, and, and the things that come out of the fire, those things that were done with right motives, things that were done with wrong motive, even though they might be good works, the Bible teaches us that they're going to burn up. And I, I hate to think about that, don't y'all? <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, we always want to ask the Lord to make sure we're, Lord, help me keep my motives right. Even in healing and ministering and praying and all those kind of things. And so those rewards, that reward where God's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. Hallelujah. And so that'll be a blessing time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I don't think when we get to heaven we're going to be crying over the lost reward. But I like, uh, you know, Joe Morris, that's the one he always says, I hope when it's over I'm not standing there in my Speedo bathing suit. <laughs> you know, because everything, everything burned up but that, you know. Hallelujah. And that is an interesting thought. And we try to blot that from our mind every time he comes, don't we? Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. But, um, mm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> purge our purges, Lord, purges, hallelujah. Yeah, and then we talked about another kind of judgment, which is just operating all the time, which is sowing and reaping. What we sow, the Galatians 6, you know, God put sowing and reaping for our good, but it can be used for the wrong, too. I think He also put it so that the wicked could not go on forever. So that there would come an end to the things that wicked men do. And you know, we know Hitler, he eventually, he, he reaped what he sowed, you know. And we know that uh, he also came under the fourth kind of judgment. And that is the kind that is found in Romans 13, verse 1 through 5, where it talks about that God has put authorities or offices in the earth and that they bear not the sword in vain and that we're to submit to those authorities and that they're not a terror for those that do good, but they are supposed to be a terror. Hallelujah. They're supposed to bear arms. They're supposed to have guns. And they're supposed to uh, use them when necessary. And, uh, uh, you know, I tell you what, just a... You know, a lot of people get really mad at the police for doing their job. But a good way to stay out of trouble is to stay home and not hang out with thugs. If you hang out with thugs, oh, well, I didn't do anything. I was just there. Well, why were you there? You know, don't be there. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing good happens late at night, folks. Hallelujah. Praise God. So go home, go to bed. Hallelujah. Lisa, isn't that true? Hallelujah. You can't get in trouble. You, you know, there is just a lot of things you won't encounter. You know, and sometimes even things it's like that shouldn't be done to us, but get done to us. We don't want to say this, but sometimes if we would just use our little noggin, we could avoid some things like rape and stuff like that. You know? You could, you know, even things like date rape. There's a real good way to avoid that. Don't date thugs. And sometimes we don't know. But hey, we could just don't date anybody till we know. 
If you, oh, Pastor, I like to say if you didn't meet him in church, you didn't meet him at the right place. You say, well, there's nobody here. Well, pray. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Pray hard. Not that everybody in church is. Hallelujah. No, we're not trying to say everybody that you met in a church is, is okay. But, you know, that would be a, a, high, a step above the bar. Or uh, minglesingles.com. How are you? Or whatever you call that. That's scary. I, it is amazing, though, how many people met on the Internet anymore. And, it, you know, sometimes it might work out, but hallelujah. Huh? Well, okay. Okay. But so there's those kinds of judgment that are just working in the earth. And we want to avoid all of those except the uh, gold where we get our reward for having uh, gold, silver, and precious stones. We want those reward judgments. And so not all judgments are bad. You could be called to court and you could get a favorable judgment. And that would be a good thing. And so, hallelujah. And thank heavens for mercy. When we've messed up, there's been people that messed up bad and, and uh, you know, had true repentance and only God knows the heart. You know, the police don't much believe in it because they tell everybody gets jailhouse religion. Yeah. They talk about down there. Hallelujah. Everybody's had a big, big experience with God down at the county jail. Hallelujah. And pastor, and when Pastor went, they would say, Would you call my would you tell the judge? Would you come? Would you come and tell the judge that I'm that I've been coming to your Bible study and that I'm you know, you know hallelujah. They, did. they wanted him to write the he got more requests. Would you write the DA? Would you write the judge? Would you go see my a lawyer? Would you call my lawyer? Hallelujah. And you got to feel sorry for people, but what they've got to do is they got to get on their knees and pray. And get it turned around themselves. Because the judge ain't going to believe pastor. And besides all that, we don't know if we can vouch for you. I mean, those people. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, so there are judgments in the earth. You know, pastor used to laugh when he came in because everybody down there was innocent. It's amazing how the Tuscaloosa police and the sheriff's department mess up so much because everybody is innocent in that place. Or everybody was just there. They were just there. But which brings us back to don't be there. Hallelujah. Youth, don't be there. Don't be out behind the school. Don't be behind the bleachers at the football game. You know? You know, uh, Michael's little niece she's I think she's 17 now she was like really little I guess she's one when we left so we barely know her but uh, Dwayne her Dwayne is so hard on her his brother because he knows what he did and he should he he's he ought to be in the the state penitentiary we swore he was the unibomber I mean he he blew up everything in Gaines County he has third degree burns from uh, blowing up a, a you know what a barrel a gasoline barrel a, a oil oil barrel 55 gallon drum with acetylene he just and so no wonder he lives in fear of his daughter. But she was going to youth group in Seminole at the church, and uh, she left the youth group. And the youth leader called her house because he got worried. Ooh, when she got home, hallelujah! He learned his mother grounded Michael one time or his dad for six months. Yeah, six months, and they enforced it. It wasn't like grounding is now. You know, it was enforced at the Billings house. And uh, I think uh, Dwayne was probably maybe three when that happened, or five or six, I don't know. He, how much younger is he than you? Eight years. eight years younger, so he he was eight. And so he remembered that, and I think he's like, I remember that. He never got grounded. He got to do anything. But it's like, so I think he grounded her for life. <laughs> so anyway, so judgment... It won't come on you if you'll just do right. Hallelujah. It's pretty, it's so simple. 
Hallelujah. Jesus, God said, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And then he gave you the answer to the test. Choose life. Hallelujah. Choose life. Praise God. You know, my mom, she used to tell me, and you know, this is a good thing to tell your kids. She used to tell me, now, Debbie, because I think one time I broke something and I hid it in the bottom of the trash can. Uh, and I don't think I told my kids this. I should have told them this. Uh, but anyway, she said, now, Debbie, I think she found it. And so she said, now, Debbie, if, if you do something and you come and tell me, you won't get near as much trouble as you will if I find out you lied to me. And so from then on, I just went and confessed everything because I was smart. I mean, I was smart. And I said, hey, this will work better. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So um, praise God. Always, the truth always wins. And in God's eyes, the truth always wins. You may face something from the world, but God will honor you for telling the truth. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for truth. Truth is going to be the greatest in these next few years. There's going to be nothing more valuable in the earth than truth. There will be, that will be very, it will be something that's hard to find, but it'll be the most valuable. It'll be more valuable than money. Truth will be. Hallelujah. I believe that with all my heart. Now let's go over and talk about the nations getting judged. And we want to go to Matthew chapter 25. Praise God. Hallelujah. In Matthew chapter 25... Actually, if you start in chapter 24, he starts talking about the end times. We're not going to go into all of that. But the disciples came to him uh, and in chapter 24, and they said, uh, in, uh, he, they said, What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And so they were asking him about the sign of his coming and the end times. And he begins to give them instructions. And we read this once about how that there would be wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes in diverse places and pestilence. And we see all of that in our earth today. And you can go on and find statistics about how there used to be an earthquake ever so often and how much they have increased. Even the National Weather Service plots how many there are now just on a daily basis. I mean, it's just phenomenal. You, we don't even hear them reported. Some of them are so small. I read I think there was two on the internet today. One in some down somewhere down in South America or somewhere they had a six point something or another. In uh, so we, they're so common we nearly ignore them. We don't hardly think a thing about an earthquake. We even had one in Tuscaloosa right after we moved in the house we're in. I, one night I just stuff was rattling on my dresser. The next morning I told Pastor I said my dresser was rattling. I think we had an earthquake. Oh, we did not. He said. So we turned on the news that, and guess what they said. We had an earthquake in Tuscaloosa. Well, who would have thought? You know, and, and crack some of our new concrete because we had not been in that house very long. So we still got cracks. Hallelujah. And anyway, uh, so they're pretty common, but they're increasing. They're increasing and some of them are uh, very intense where they used to be, you know, 100 years apart. Now we have two or three every week, sometimes more than that. And um, some, you know, out in California and in Japan and places like that, it's just shimmying and shaking all the time. Hallelujah. Just things are rattling and are rolling. Praise God. They go, oh, we're so glad we live in Alabama and have tornadoes. Well, we were so glad we don't live in California because you have earthquakes. And uh, besides, all the flakes live out there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, man, we just, we just, one town I read in California about uh, they have got so many people growing pot in their homes that, yeah, they got so many that now they're having to pass some sort of ordinance because they've just always been just open to the pot. Just, yeah, y'all come on. We're just free. We're open. But now their houses aren't worth anything because like whole blocks are just pot growing houses. And, you know, one way they find out is when your electric bill is equivalent to a drugstore, a pharmacy. Because um, 
Well, yeah, if you've got triple what a family would be, they say you're growing more than kids in that house. <laughs> you know, hallelujah. And so, praise God. You know, it, there is some benefits to living in the South and not in California. Okay, so we're going to go on here, and we're going to get over in verse chapter 25. I'm just uh, having a good time tonight. I'm a rolling. Verse 30. No, let's see. Yeah, verse 30. We'll skip all the other stuff about the end times. You can read it to yourself. And then he says in verse uh, 31, actually, uh, When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory, and before Him shall be gathered all nations. Now you need to circle the word nations there, because that's a key to this passage of Scripture. Because here, he's not talking about people, individual people, he's talking about nations. And we'll see how see why in a minute and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats so there's going to be sheep nations and there's going to be goat nations hallelujah and how are we going to know what's a sheep nation and a goat nation well right here it says in verse 33 and he shall set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on the left and here what he's actually what's actually he's doing here is he's going to decide based on sheep and goat nations which nations get to endure and keep going during the millennium. Some nations are going to be like gone, done away with. Not, ne not the Christians in the nations, not necessarily the people, but that nation will no longer exist. So perhaps there's a nation like uh, maybe Iran won't exist anymore. It'll be gone. It just won't be any, there won't be a nation any longer. And so, see, these are, this is for the millennial reign. And he shall say, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Right out beside that, I wrote millennium, inherit the kingdom. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked and you clothed me, I was sick and you visited me, I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And this is very important right here. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it and in, unto one of the least of these my brethren. brethren. Underline, one of the least of these my brethren. Now we could stop here and decide. When Jesus taught this, who was his brethren then? When he taught this, the church did not exist. The Jews. And so you need to write Jews out there. As one of the least of these my brethren, inasmuch as you have done it to one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, the goats, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, where, when, we saw, when, when saw we thee hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, and naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these, things, these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. And so here we have the sheep and goat nations, and it's going to be all based on the treatment of the Jews in Israel. The nations that treat the Jews well and treat Israel well are going to survive through the millennium and still be nations. The nations that don't treat Israel well, persecute the Jews, will not survive through the millennium. Now, you know, I don't know how God's going to do. I mean, I don't know what He's going to do with Germany, for instance. That was the nation that... that uh, that Hitler used to form his Nazi communist group and they persecuted the Jews tremendously, horribly, beyond probably what we even see or hear or know. 
I, I even read a book recently, and I'm like, man, I didn't know they did that to them. And I've read a lot of books. I, I kind of like books on World War II and stuff, and I read some things. Some of them historical novels even, but uh, some of them not. And uh, one of the things, though, that I want to point out right here, I did read in a book called Bonhoeffer. I don't know if any of y'all ever heard of Bonhoeffer, but he was a pastor in Germany. And I read in his book uh, that that when when... How did Hitler get a foothold in Germany? Because Germany was considered a Christian nation at the time. But the way he got a foothold was the church was asleep. They were just, you know. And, you know, there was a lot of things that uh, could have gone different. I told you last week how America was refusing to go into the war and help. But thank God we finally did. And with the Allied forces, went in and helped and uh and, and, and got it stopped, but we probably could have got it stopped a lot sooner. And, you know, America's been more on the alert ever since then. That's why we, are on, we need to be on red alert about Iran. Pastor told me today, I don't know if he got this from Joe Morris or who, but now Iran has a, of course, they're getting nuclear weapons. Uh, Abakmajinajab has said that he wants to uh, wipe Israel off the face of the earth. They also call the United States the great Satan. They hate us. They hate Israel. And they want to do away with us. And, uh, you know, sometimes we want to be diplomatic with them. But you can't be diplomatic with the devil. You, you know, you can't be diplomatic at your house with the devil. And this man has got a demon. He is demon-possessed, no less than Hitler. And he wants to exterminate and do away with all Jews. And, uh, and he's got, if he gets nuclear weapons, he's going to try to do that. And it's imperative. Uh, some people say that uh, they were waiting till after the elections. Uh, Israel was to do something. Joe Morris has always said, he said it in our church, it's not if Israel's going to do something, to stop Iran, it's when. We don't know when. We've been looking that it could happen for three years now or something like that. Uh, some people said he was waiting until after the election. Who knows? But we got to stay closely to Israel's side if we want to stay in favor with God. Hallelujah. We want to stay close to God as a nation. Hallelujah. And so that's important. Uh, so the treatment of the Jews in Israel is uh, one of the main things. This is, uh, let me get my little, I've been going to read this. The first week we lost it. It was in the car in a basket. It had fallen out. Last week I didn't get to it. But let me read from uh, Sid Roth's newsletter. And it's called Mishpaka. It's the family with a supernaturally Jewish heart. Uh, October 11th. On October 11, 1987, there was a massive homosexual march on Washington, D.C. Upwards of 500,000 marched for their rights. As I watched this on the news, it upset me. He goes on to say, The following week, the stock market went into a sharp decline, resulting in a massive 508-point loss on October 19th. During the six business days following the march, the stock market lost a third of its value. That evening, I was watching the news, and the newscaster was actually shaking as he was asking whether this could be the beginning of a new depression. As I watched him shake, I had a vision of the week before when I saw the homosexual march. Then the Lord spoke to me in a very clear and powerful way and tied the stock market crash to the homosexual event. Now, let me say, say this. God loves homosexuals. We love homosexuals. We should not be where we hate homosexuals. We do not have the right spirit about us if we do. But we should be staunchly against uh gay marriage and uh, homosexual, uh, the homosexual agenda. Right. However, it's gotten to the point where most stores have such a homosexual agenda that if you stay away from stores that promote homosexuality, Ford being one of the biggest ones, Target, huge, uh, you may not can eat <laughs> because they all nearly are pro, pro, pro gay, homosexuality, pro gays. Yep. And uh, so... Um, uh, pastor said, I don't like Fords and I'm driving one of them. <laughs> so he, but anyway, we're not advocating what you drive wrong and everything, but you just know that, that that's out there. Hallelujah. Um, God's not against homosexuals, but God does not like homosexuality intensely. It goes all the way back. God started the family before he started the church, people. 
He, Adam and Eve, and not, somebody said not Adam and Steve, in the Garden of Eden. Homosexuality is wrong. You're not born with it. it, it uh, it's caused by a demon spirit. Demon spirits come, start working on children when they're very young. Sometimes parents open the door to that by what, different things, but uh, even, you know, things with... You have to guard your kids carefully. Let's just put it that way. Not only guarding them about the choices you make for them and where they can go and what they can do and who they can be with, but also very much so guarding them in prayer. Prayer is always the first line of defense because you cannot be everywhere with your kids. But the Word of God will keep them. The Word of God will keep them as you speak the Word daily over your kids. You, take, you know, I have given you over and over a prayer I prayed over mine that was scriptures I prayed over them. And uh, uh, I'm not saying I had it all together. I didn't. I, I should have won better in some areas. But, uh, and one thing that we did not do, and I regret, I don't have a lot of regrets about my child training, but we never got this started in our family, and I don't know why, and I wish you would, is we never got it on a daily basis where we had a devotional time and prayed with our kids on a daily basis. We, I don't know why. I do not know why. If we just let ourselves get too busy. Now, we did pray with them often, and we did read the Bible with them, but to just have that every night time. And it wasn't because we was watching TV. Because I didn't even, I, I watch more TV now than I did the whole time they were growing up. I didn't watch TV at all because I, you know, we just weren't interested. We were so uh, uh, with other things. Uh, so it wasn't TV. I don't know what it was, but it was, I could have made a better choice there. And I admit that. And so uh, that's uh, something to do with homosexuality. Uh, on October 15, 1989, a huge pro-abortion rally took place in San Francisco. The San Francisco Chronicle reported, Marching to a pounding drum and chanting, Hear our voice, we're pro-choice. Yesterday's crowd gathered at City Hall after passing cheering supporters lined up along Market Street. The center of the rally was City Hall, where many pro-abortion politicians addressed the crowd. Now, it's one thing to have an abortion. If you did, repent. There's no condemnation. God's not mad at you. And, uh, and I know if you did it, you did it in ignorance. You didn't do it out of, uh, you did it because you were like me. You didn't know any better at the time. I didn't have an abortion, but I sure didn't know any better uh, when I was a young teenager and a uh, young woman. Um, but anyway, um, it's one thing to have one, regret it, and girls that have one, they have emotional problems in their soul. They, we talked last week about breast cancer, but really I just want to talk to you about emotional problems. And by the way, let me give you this statistic about of all the mass murders in America, the worst mass murders in America, out of 12 mass murders were the, were the very worst, 10 out of 12 were homosexual. Don't tell me it doesn't mess you up. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and uh, then abortion, uh, they, they have depression, they have all sorts of problems with their soul and emotional problems, guilt, until Jesus sets them free. And uh, uh, so, hallelujah. Anyway, so just two days after this festive rally, celebrating, and that's, that's what I was going to say, it's one thing to have one, it's another thing to celebrate it. And they were celebrating the killing of innocent children in the womb. A powerful 7.1 earthquake struck near San Francisco. This quake actually hit during the World Series baseball. Y'all remember this if you were old enough. Ironically, the San Francisco Chronicle reported on the effect of the quake said that City Hall was shaken so terribly that people fled the building screaming in terror. The very center of the festive pro-abortion rally became just two days later a center of terror and fear. Hallelujah. On October 30th, 1991, President George H.W. Bush, that's the first one, uh, indicate, in, initiated the Madrid peace process. The object was for Israel to divide its land to create a Palestinian state in return for peace. This is a very serious violation of God's word about the land. On this very day, a super powerful storm in the North Atlantic came against the normal weather patterns and battered the East Coast. It became known as the perfect storm. They made a movie about it. Uh, George Clooney. The storm sent 30-foot waves against the president's home in Kennebunkport, Maryland. Was it Maryland? Maine. M.E. I'm like, I couldn't tell what M.E. was. Oh, and, ended, and inflicted serious damage. 
And also he lost the election uh, that year. And, and everybody was pretty shocked about that, about that loss of election. In, uh, in 2005, George W. Bush, that's the last one, had pressured Israel to unilaterally pull out of 25 settlements, most of which were in Gaza. The last Israeli left Gaza on August 23rd, which was the very day that Katrina became a hurricane. A few days later, on August 28th, it slammed into New Orleans as a Category 3 hurricane and did catastrophic damage to the Gulf Coast. This was the same week as Southern decadence when up to 150,000 homosexuals flocked to New Orleans for real decadence in the streets. The homosexual event had to be canceled, but not until they had desecrated a Roman Catholic church went in in the church and exactly seven years later to the day on August 28, 2012 Hurricane Isaac slammed into New Orleans during southern decadence. The hurricane caused tremendous damage to the area and canceled southern decadence for several days. The homosexuals vowed to continue even with all the destruction around the city. We've had two clear warnings to the city of New Orleans and to America. Hallelujah. And there's more, but I won't read more tonight. I wanted to go over for a minute to Genesis 13, 14. Because I know you may think, well, what does the Word say about the land? And I want to give you a few scriptures about Israel and what the Word says about the land. But we can start, and it starts right in the beginning, right with the Abrahamic covenant. Listen, we, we can't just take the part of the Abrahamic covenant we like you know, we want, oh yeah, I want all them blessings. Well, the whole thing is the covenant. Genesis 13, 14, And the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. Everybody circle forever. And let me tell you something. When God says forever, it's not for just a long time. It's not for just a little while. Boy, God don't say things He doesn't mean. And when He says something, He means it. And when He gave Abraham the land, it was forever. And if you research it, Palestinians are not really even a nation. They're not even a nation. They're not even a real nation. And this nation of Israel is however, what is it, 6,000 years old? Forever. Forever. Hallelujah. Then go to Ezekiel. I'm not going to give you all of them, but I'm going to give you some of them. Ezekiel 36. I'm telling you, the land belongs to Israel. And George Bush, George Bush, the last George Bush we had, I liked George Bush. I think he was a godly man. I know he was a Christian. I know he loved God. I know he prayed. But most Christians do not understand the covenant God has with Israel. They just don't get it. And one of the reasons they don't get it is because the church for centuries, uh, for the last two or three centuries in America has pre preached what we call replacement theology. They pray, and I even, I, you know, I was taught that. And, and if you've ever heard, I think I've even said this before. And I don't think I've said it in this church, but I know I said it in Seminole. Is that any time you find Israel in the Word, you can just substitute the word church. And it is true that we get to inherit the promises. So there's principles about Israel that we can inherit that promise. But we are, the church did not substitute out for Israel. And a lot of people that persecute Israel, that persecute the Jews in the name of Christianity. Listen, you know, uh, uh, the Ku Klux Klan hated, hated Jews too. They hated blacks and persecuted them. But they hated Jews too and persecuted them. And that, it, it, you know, it's just the devil. All of it's the same spirit. Is that It's all just the devil. And you know, uh, uh, one of, they, they did it in the name of Christianity. Hitler claimed Christianity. But I'm telling you, anybody that can kill people like that, they don't know God. I don't care what they claim. We got a lot of people in America claiming Christianity, and they wouldn't know God if you walked down the street with a red hat on. They don't know our God. 
we can tell because of the way they act. They do not know God. It's one thing to mess up every once in a while. Pastor said, miss the mark. We all do. But it's another thing to live a life of sin or a life of hate or a life of, of, of uh, you know, it's another thing. And we do it out of, and they did it out of ignorance. Um, okay, so Ezekiel 36, 24. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Now, God dispersed the Jews all over the earth. There are Jews in every nation on earth. They've proved that. Even now, there are Jews in every nation on earth. They find them everywhere. Because they, the Israel, since they got their land back in 1948 and they got their capital back in 1967, they have made it, they have tracked them down. The Israeli government is tracking down Jews. They're finding them. And they want to bring them home. And they have found them in Africa, in the most remotest places in Africa, in South America. They're everywhere. God dispersed them, but he said, I'm going to bring you back into your own land. And he did that in 1948. In 1967, they won Jerusalem back. I will mention this, that every time that Jerusalem has a major victory like that, the church gets a revival. 1948, the healing revival broke out. 1967, charismatic renewal. 1973, the, I looked this up in my, I remembered it this, and right after prayer tonight, I was looking up on, isn't it wonderful to have the internet? I just got on the internet right there at my seat, and I looked up the 1973 Yom Kippur War. It lasted six days, and we got the Word and Faith uh, revival out of that. It's like, oh, can, can, Israel, can Israel take Iran out? Lord, not that, no, I mean, no, we're not against the people. We love, there are a lot of Iranian Christians. There are a lot of Iranian Christians. And they're a lot tougher than American Christians. Hallelujah. The church thrives under persecution. Get ready. It's coming in America. It's coming. Get ready. It's already in the works. It's already in the works. They're already working on stuff to limit the airwaves. Take, get Christian TV off. And there's already Christian TVs that have made provision for that by buying their own satellites and stuff so that we can get hooked up to satellite. We can buy, you know, my mother, like, you know, there's one out in West Texas. They, are, they sell a little satellite dish, you know, so you can get this little Christian channel out in West Texas. And I don't, you know, hallelujah. But they're working on it. They're going to get it eventually unless we get the rapture first. Hallelujah. Praise God. The verse 28, drop down. And ye shall dwell in the land that I gave to your father, and ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. Jeremiah 31. Now you can go online and just type in your search engine. I, I, I have done this before. If you don't know, if you want to read the scriptures about the land, just type in uh, Bible promises for... Israel's land or something like that you know just get close and it comes up and you can find all the scriptures on it and study it all out for yourself Jeremiah 31 35 thus saith the Lord which giveth the sun for a light by day and the ordinances of the moon and of the stars for a light by night which divideth the sea with the waves thereof roar the Lord of hosts is his name if those ordinances depart from before me saith the Lord then the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever well he said as long as there's a sun and there's a moon as long as there's stars all of that would have to pass away for Israel to cease from being a nation. That is good, isn't it? Zechariah chapter 2. Now that's not going to stop, folks. Zechariah's right before Malachi. Zechariah chapter 2, verse 8. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the glory hath he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you. For he that toucheth you toucheth the apple of his eye. 
For behold, I will shake my hand upon them, and they shall be a spoil to their servants, and ye shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. He, in the NIV makes it clear. He says, you touch Israel. He said, in NIV, New International Verse says, anyone who harms you, I will raise my fist to crush them. Hallelujah. That is a judgment against the nations that is in the earth. So it is imperative that we pray and that America be on Israel's side. Uh, I forget, but uh, we know that uh, recently, Benjamin Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel, came to America, asked to see the President. He said no, wouldn't, wouldn't see him. And what happened, something happened immediately after that. I forgot what, but something happened nearly immediately after that. Uh, hmm, it left me. Anyway, but you can research that out. So we have to be careful. We have to be wise. We have to, our nation, we need to pray for our leaders that they be wise because they don't know. They don't get it. They don't understand. They don't, you know, if you think about it, it's like it's kind of logical. Share the land with the Palestinians. You know, George Bush initiated Roadmap to Peace. He wanted to, he said, you know, let's make peace. Let's just give them some of the land so we can start stop fight all this fighting. And in the natural mind, that makes sense. But it doesn't make sense to the Word of God. He went out with a horrible approval rating. Horrible. They still, and you know, and, and he was a good man. And he did a lot of good things. And he helped America in a lot of ways. But... He just didn't see it. He was just a good old Methodist. And he just didn't see it, bless his heart. I think that's what he was. That's right. But he was saved. And he had a wonderful testimony. I mean, he was an alcoholic. And God set him free and he got saved. And, but he didn't have light. His wife didn't have light either. She was like all into Harry Potter. And, you know, she, she's a librarian, you know, and if a book was a national bestseller, well, it's like you got to read it if you're a librarian. Uh, so, uh, and, you know, President Reagan, he was a wonderful man, godly man, a Christian. Man, there's a wonderful thing on the Internet about him and how he, the, the speech he gave to the Presbyterian Church in, in California. And, I mean, I tell you what, it'll make you cry real tears about how he knew God. His wife wasn't as enlightened. She's consulting uh fortune tellers and mediums and I'm like you know you just can't find a perfect man folks Jesus was the only one <laughs> hallelujah you're just not going to find one hallelujah uh, so uh, I want to end this tonight with what are we going to do for the next four years what are we going to do for the next four years number one thing we're going to do I, you know in Britain during World War II they had signs all over and they're real popular right now get you one it said keep calm and carry on I have one a pillow in my living room that says keep calm and dream on I like that better keep calm and dream on and boy we're in a good place because we're the church oh hallelujah the second thing we're going to do is we're going to pray and let's go over to Philippians 1.19 we have to pray for our government because of these three things. We, these things that we have talked about. Uh, and God is going to hold the church accountable. If we didn't pray and they make bad decisions, He's going to hold us accountable. And so we must pray. Philippians 1.19, Pastor, I think, read this scripture Sunday. But we're going to read it again. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. When we pray, we, we bring a supply. And the supply we need to send to Washington every day is a supply of the Spirit of Wisdom. We can send wisdom through our prayers. We can just say it. Just If we don't know anything else to pray, we know we can pray that. Now God may give us some other things to pray, but if we don't know anything else, we can pray that, Father, every person in Washington, in the Congress, in the Supreme Court, in the, the President, and all the Cabinet, and all his advisors, and Lord, in, in Israel, the, the, they're fixing to have elections in January, January 22nd, I believe, Israeli elections. We can pray for that. We need to send a supply of the Spirit of wisdom and prayer and not let up. It's our fault. It's the church's fault. 
We let things get through. Not, I'm not even talking, some of you weren't even born when stuff was getting through. Not, how many, you know, I think Madeline Murray O'Hare got prayer out of schools in the 60s, didn't she? Something like that. I don't really know because our school in West Texas just kept praying. <laughs> we just ignored all that. <laughs> we just kept praying. They're probably still praying. I don't know because, you know, nobody's paying attention to Seagraves, Texas. That's for sure. There ain't even a lawyer in town. I was telling Melissa, we hadn't had a lawyer in 40 years in West in Seagraves. There ain't anybody to sue. <laughs> We'd have to import one from Brownfield. to. Uh, <laughs> Hallelujah. So they just keep praying. Praise God. Thank heavens for Christians that just keep on praying. Number three, the third thing we're going to do is we're going to pay attention. We're not going to be that asleep church anymore. We're not going to be like Germany when the church was asleep, just enjoying life and let all that creep in. And one of the things they started doing was uh, in the uh, Nazis was they started indoctrinating the children. They brainwashed the children. They started with children. And so we need to pay attention. Um, if you have to pull them out of school, do it. Homeschool them. I, it's not come to that in Tuscaloosa County, thank heavens. But I'm telling you what to do if the future, if anything changes. And there's still little schools in Tuscaloosa County, you know, some of the littler ones out in the county do a little, they do, they, they aren't under any, they're, they're, they're operating under the radar too. Out, at, out in Coker, that little school out there, they operate under the radar. There is no radar. <laughs> There's no radar in Coker. <laughs> hallelujah. And the teachers out there, I don't know, hallelujah, but the teachers out there in that little elementary school, they're Christians. The great majority of them are Christians. Now, not all Christians are enlightened. But God can do something. He can move Christians easier sometimes than He can the other. Sometimes He can't. Sometimes He can move a lost man easier than He can a Christian. Yeah, it just depends. You just pray either way. But we're going to pay attention. And three things we're going to pay most attention to. We're going to listen when the news, when they say something about abortion and the Supreme Court did this, listen and watch. Because we're probably going to get two new Supreme Court justices sometime soon, real soon now, and they're going to be way not good. They're going to be liberal. You say, well, Miss Debbie, you shouldn't speak that. Well, they're going to they're be pro the other stuff that we're not for is the likelihood of that. And uh, so we need to pay attention. When they do things for homosexual agenda and gay rights, hallelujah, we live, you know, we live in, we're, we're blessed to live in Alabama. I mean, we got, pastor says we got four million people, six million of them are Baptist. Uh, uh, <laughs> and that's probably true because they probably got a lot of people on the rolls that aren't even still here with us anymore. But, uh, one, you know, the Baptists usually do a pretty good job. They may not do so good on tongues and gifts of the Spirit and healing. They don't do good at all on that. But they usually do pretty good on gambling and homosexuality and, and uh, hallelujah. And the right man got elected for the Supreme Court. We don't may, we may not agree with everything he did, but he is the right man for the job for Alabama. And uh, uh, so praise God for that. Another thing I wanted to mention to you, you may not know this, there's besides a nation's judgment, there is going to be a roll call of the states. And you're blessed to live in Alabama because you're on the... You're, you're, did you know that Alabama was the first state to call for Israel to get its land back in the 1940s? Really? Proactive for Israel to get their land back in the 1940s. We weren't even around then. We received blessing for that, Lord. I believe that that's, that's been the blessing. Hallelujah. We're blessed. And we're going to continue to be blessed. And we're going to pray, and we're going to stand, and we're going to believe God, and we're going to believe God for... Oh Well, let's go on. And so we're going to pay attention to those three things, Israel, homosexual, agenda, and abortion. And then number four, the last thing we're going to do is we're going to do the vision. And uh, I got the... Uh, somebody grabbed those vision cards right there. Pastor will hand them to you and pass those out. Everybody gets one. Hallelujah. I got my little crafty self out today, and I laminated you a vision card. And it can be your little Bible marker. 
And it won't get lost if it's laminated like it will if it's a piece of limp paper. And so, uh, now don't give these away. These are not for you to give to somebody to witness to or to get them to come to church. These are, we're not casting our pearls before swine. Hallelujah. This is for the church. They're just going to be misunderstanding and be offended. And we're not, we don't misunderstand it. We're not offended. Let me see if I can find mine. I've got one right here somewhere. Yeah, here it is. And turn over to the vision. We're going to do this vision. We're going to pray this vision. We're going to meditate on it. And one of them is to host, the first one's host a, a continual move of God that touches every person in Alabama with the kingdom reality of Jesus Christ as Lord. That's just another way of saying getting them saved. Or at least giving them an opportunity. We're leading it, and we're not going to try to do this all by ourselves. We're going to do this with prayer, with other churches, but that we're going to we're going to be a part of that and push for that. Okay, we're he leading every hungry person to the baptism of the Holy Spirit and His abundant life. We're not through till everybody's saved and everybody's baptized in the Holy Ghost, or we're raptured out. We're bringing divine healing to all that are sick and oppressed of the devil. We're going to press on that. We're going to press. We need bigger miracles. We need more miracles because they're not going to be impressed that you got healed of a tummy ache. I'm impressed. I'm excited. I'm excited that Pam got healed of a foot. I'm excited that 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 happened through Xavier. That was a beginning. That was a beginning of things. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about every miracle. But the, the everybody else just poo poos that off. We've got to have we got to have big miracles, big healings, and we got to have more than one. More than one's just one's a fluke. We got to have them till, so we got to press and pray. Press, pray, and study. Believe God. We, we are affecting every government agency, business, and system operation in Alabama by prayer and influence. A lot of that will be prayer, but there are going to be opportunities when we have to influence. Every time you get an opportunity to influence, use it. Maybe you need to get yourself on Facebook and become an influence. There's a lot of influence goes out through Facebook. Maybe you need to get and write the editor of the Tuscaloosa News and express yourself or just write sound off. You don't even have to put your name on sound off in the Tuscaloosa News. You can say anything. I don't know if they use all of them, but they use some of them. Make it pithy like uh, they say on TV, you know. It can't be, and don't ramble. Get to the point, you know. By prayer and influence. We need to do everything we can to influence. We need to make a stand. You're going, you know, some people, they're just looking for somebody to lead them. They're looking for somebody to influence them. We got to get rid of the fear of man. We are demonstrating God's instructions for living on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, on the back, I really like that. Warning, from now until the rapture of the church, this is, this is true. Warning, River Church, the city of Tuscaloosa, and the state of Alabama are under a miracle watch. Be ready at a moment's notice to experience God's unlimited power. That means you're expecting. Hallelujah. Expect days of heaven on earth to interrupt everyday life. Say, I'm expecting, I'm expecting heaven, on earth heaven on earth to interrupt my life. Interrupt my life. According to Psalm 68, Verse 19, he daily loadeth me with benefits. Say, I'm loaded. I'm expecting benefits every day. It benefits me to be a Christian. It benefits me to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, to speak in tongues. Hallelujah. Praise God. Say, we're under a miracle watch. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I, today I was praying, boy, it came out of me a glory watch and a miracle watch. And a hallelujah. The river is rising. We're under flood watch. Hallelujah. It could be a flash flood anytime. A flash flood of glory. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, it's the end time, the last days. Acts chapter 2, Peter said, he got up and they were all out in the street and they're, you know, they're speaking in tongues and they're drunk. They're drunk. They act like they're drunk. And he said, these are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And then he quotes what Joel said, that in the last days. Peter said it was the last days and it was 2,000 years ago. That means we're not in the last days. We're in the last minutes. 
As God counts time, we're in the last minutes. We're in the last seconds. It's like the two minute. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, what? Jesus could appear any minute. Hallelujah. Let me ask you something. I'm going to turn over to uh, Matthew chapter 24. And let me ask you something. How many of you believe we've got a little more time and he's probably not going to come this year? We've probably got a little more time than that. If you believe that, raise your hand. We've probably got a little more time. He's probably not going to come this year. Can I? How many did I get there? Probably got a little more time. Well, in Matthew chapter 24, I was hoping more of you would fall for that. <laughs> I really was wanting to get you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, uh, verse 24, chapter 24, verse 44. 44. Therefore be ye also ready for such, in such an hour... As ye think not. <laughs> so, hmm. You don't think he will? That's when he's exactly when it's going to be. When you don't think he will. In such an hour as you think not, be you ready. Hallelujah. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord when he cometh shall find so doing. Hallelujah. It's it going to be an hour when you think not. You know, I would I can, I, I saw that this morning. I kind of would be, you know, I kind of think we have a little more time. I, I'll admit that to you so you don't feel so bad. I kind of think we have a little more time. And I thought, I read that and I went, I better get, be ready. I better be ready. Hallelujah. Because I think it's not, it could be right now. Hallelujah. Who needs prayer tonight? Anybody? You came to church, I said, I need prayer. Okay, Aliki, come on out here and stand in the aisle. You can stand right out there in the middle of the aisle. Anybody else say, I came to prayer tonight before I leave, I need prayer. I just need to be lifted up.